Thank you for that special music this morning. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles, if you would, and let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter 14, please. Joshua, chapter 14, as you're turning there, I do just want to say uh, thank you for the opportunity of being able to be here, and uh, very humbling uh, to be able to stand before you this morning, and uh, trust that God will use His Word to be a help and a blessing to you. Uh, My family is here with me. We'll be uh, introducing them uh, later on this evening. And uh, trust that as we are here, God will be able to use us to be able to be a blessing to you. And uh, somewhere along the line through the week, uh, I will explain how I got the nickname and uh, why I go by it and uh, all that kind of good stuff. But uh, grateful again for the opportunity to be able to be here. I was talking with someone uh, earlier uh, this summer at a camp, and uh, he had heard that I was speaking here, and uh, he had spoken before, and and, uh, he said, you know, if you want to be on the good side of the students preach short. Well, I can tell you I am no Jerry Savinsky, okay? Uh, And I didn't get the nickname. If you talk to my kids, they will tell you I didn't get the nickname Shorty because I preach short. Uh, But um, I'm going to be doing my best to cover what God has laid on my heart this morning, and uh, we'll see how time uh, helps us or hurts us as we go along, all right? Joshua chapter 14, and we're going to be taking a look in the chapel services this morning, uh, as well as throughout the rest of this week, we're going to be taking a look at the theme of claiming mountains for God's glory. You know, as I look out on this student body this morning, and I look out and I see uh, students uh, of varying ages, backgrounds, and consider what God has planned for your life in the future, I want you to be aware from the very beginning, young person, that you're going to have some mountains that you're going to have to be willing to face and that you're going to have to be willing to claim and conquer for the glory of God. Part of that is starting right now, Uh, going through your college career and uh, going through the different hardships and difficulties. There are going to be some mountains that you're going to claim. As you embark into life after uh, your educational career here at Maranatha, There are going to be more mountains that you're going to have to face, and our culture is developing a a group of young people, both uh, young adults as well as college students and young people, uh, teenagers, who are becoming more resistant to the idea of difficulty, facing difficulty, and being willing to not only face it, but being willing to claim and conquer that difficulty. And so I'm hoping this week will be an encouragement to you that as we take a look at someone who had to conquer some mountains in his life, uh, that we'll be able to learn something from him. I had you turn to Joshua chapter 14. We're going to be taking a look at verses 6 through 14. And this is the testimony of a man by the name of Caleb. And uh, we could have subtitled this. Uh, I didn't do that, but I could have subtitled this uh, Chronicles of a Conqueror. And uh, here is a man uh, who has gone through his life, and now he is going back and he is chronicling a specific situation in his life before a good friend that he has, his name is Joshua, and from this we get to be able to look into the chronicles of Caleb and learn some truths as to how we will be able to claim mountains as we go through our lives for God's glory. Joshua chapter 14, begin reading at verse 6, the scripture reads this way, Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee and Kadesh Barnea. 
Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. As you continue on reading in this passage of Scripture, and uh, we go down, he goes on and says, And Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord by my God, thy God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's 85 years old, just a little younger now than a majority of your professors. And so uh, he is now looking, I'm kidding, he is uh, now looking back at uh, these chronicles and what God has done in his life. He goes on and says this, As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war, both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, that the cities were great and fenced, If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. In each of the chapel sessions as we go through this week, we're going to be learning some truths that are shared with us from this as well as a passage back in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 of what I'm just going to simply call the marks of a mountain claimer. And I hope that these will be marks that God will be able to help us to be able to develop in our lives regardless of our age. Because here is Caleb, even someone who is 85 years old, He is at the end of his life looking back at some different situations, a specific situation here, and saying, you know, I wanted to claim mountains for God. He was willing and ready to go. What is it that gave him the courage to claim mountains for God's glory? Well, the first truth I want us to learn as we take a look in this passage of Scripture is I want us to learn today that the marks of a mountain claimer, the first one is this, marks of a mountain claimer is that he has an outstanding reliance or faith on God's word. He has an outstanding faith or reliance on God's word. Did you notice what he said there in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 6? He says, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Now he's going back to a situation that takes place in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, and he is sharing with them a situation that probably all of us are relatively familiar with. You maybe learned the song when you were a little kid and you were going to church, and, and perhaps you didn't, I don't know, but there was the song, you know, 12 men went to spy on Cain, and 10 were bad and 2 were good, you know. And uh, you know the song, if you've heard it before. And they go in and they spy out the land, and when they come back, they have a report that they want to give about the land. And 10 of them come back, and you know that the 10 gave an evil report. We can't go in, we can't conquer the land, but there are two, Joshua and Caleb, who decide we're going to go in and we're going to conquer this land because God said he's going to give it to us. 
And now here he is at the end of his life, and he is still, just like he was earlier in his life, he is still now having an outstanding reliance on God's word, because here in Joshua chapter 14, he is still relying on God's word and God's truth and God's promises that he gives to him in his word. He says in Joshua chapter 14 and verse 6, he says, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. What did God tell Joshua and Caleb? Well, again, if you're familiar with this story, you know that God said that those 10 evil spies, as well as those who decided to side with them, anyone 20 years old and older, they were going to perish in the desert as they were wandering as part of God's judgment. Anyone who was younger than 20, they were going to be able to live. They were going to go in and they were going to conquer the land. There were two exceptions to that first part, and it was Joshua and Caleb. God promised that they would be able to go in, that they would be able to seize that inheritance. Why? Because of their faith and their confidence in the word of God. And Joshua is reminding, or excuse me, Caleb is reminding his friend Joshua here of the fact that he has a firm reliance and faith in God's word. Can I just encourage you while you are here in this stage of life to develop friends who are going to encourage you to continue to trust and rely on God's word? Friendships are so important, and you are developing friendships right now, and you are going to develop friends with people who are sitting next to you, near you, here in chapel and in classes and in different places as you go throughout your college career. I want to encourage you to develop friends who are going to help reinforce and who are going to encourage you to have an outstanding reliance and faith in God's Word. Don't develop a friendship, a close friendship with those who are going to attack your faith and your reliance on God's word. And then I would challenge you with this as well. You be the friend who is going to encourage others to rely on God's word. You be the one who, as your friends are going through struggles as they go throughout this semester, to turn their attention towards God's word and to put their faith and trust in him. Joshua and Caleb had this friendship where they encouraged each other to have an outstanding reliance on God's word. We go on. And as we take a look at this, uh, we see that in this outstanding reliance on God's word, we're going to back up here, I'm sorry. Uh, We not only see that he had this uh, outstanding reliance in God's word here in this passage of scripture in Joshua chapter 14, but we see also that he had an outstanding reliance on God's word as we see in Exodus 23, verses 23 through 33. Now this is God speaking to Moses, but I personally believe that somewhere along the line, Joshua and Caleb knew about this truth that God shared with Moses. Notice what he says here. He says, this is God speaking to Moses. He says, for mine angel shall go before thee. He says, I will. Who is that I? This is not Moses saying that he is going to go in and conquer the land for the people. This is God saying that he is going to give this land to his people. And so he says, I will. I will send my fear before thee. And will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. And I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. Notice this next phrase, not the one that's underlined, but he says, By little and little I will drive them out from before thee. 
God had given them the promise that he was going to go in and that God was going to drive out, God was going to fight, God was going to destroy their enemies. And I would propose to you that Joshua and Caleb, as they were standing there before those ten evil spies and before the congregation of the people of Israel, their confidence was in God's promise that he was going to do the work. They had a firm reliance on God's word. One final verse that I'll share with you, we go to Numbers chapter 14, and God says this about Caleb in Numbers chapter 14, he says, but, there we go, he says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. In each of these passages of scripture, God is giving a promise Here, it's specifically directed to Caleb. He says, I'm going to bring Joshua and Caleb, but Caleb specifically, because he had another spirit with him and he followed me fully, I'm going to bring him into the land whereunto he went. Could you imagine that promise and understanding that promise that God gave to Caleb? Here he is telling people that for 40 years, they know that at some point in time, their life is going to come to an end, but Caleb knew that he was going to come into the land. You imagine the confidence that he had? Where did that confidence come from? It came from a firm reliance in God's word. And those who claim mountains for God, they can live a life of confidence, not cockiness, not arrogance in themselves, but they can live a life of confidence because they have a firm reliance on God's word. And they have this outstanding faith in the truth of God's word. Take your Bibles with me, if you would, and let's turn back to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, we have taken a look at Caleb's chronicles of claiming this mountain for God, and he's still wanting to move forward, but we're going to go back and see this story that Caleb is reminding Joshua about, and as we begin to wrap things up this morning, I want to share with you some truths that we see given to us in Numbers chapter 13. We're going to read verses 17, and uh, we're going to highlight some things as we go down through this passage of Scripture. In verse 17, this is the actual events of what Caleb is recounting, as we read in Joshua. But this is the actual events that are taking place. It says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many." And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be far off, uh, excuse me, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood thereon or not. And be of good courage and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So here are these spies sent in with a commission. They were to go in and they were to look and find out some things about, first of all, the people of the land. What are the people like? They big, they small, they strong, they weak. What are they like? He then tells them this. I want you to take a look and, and I want you to see what the land is like. See what the place is like. Then they want to examine the produce of the land. What's the fruit like? Well, I want you to come back and give us a report. And the amazing thing is, is that they go up and they give this report about the land, and they all come back and they agree about these three uh, reports that they are to give. Caleb and Joshua agree with these ten men about this part of the report. 
The men are big. The cities are walled. They're strong. They have great produce. Look at the grapes that we brought back. But it's their response that made all the difference. It was what they were going to rely on that made the difference as to whether they were going to claim this land, claim this mountain, or whether they were going to be defeated. What is it that encouraged, challenged, what do we see taking place in the life of Caleb and Joshua, but specifically Caleb in this passage of Scripture? I want you to notice this reliance on God's Word includes a couple of things. First of all, it's a reliance that was founded on God's Word. Here are these men who are going in, and the ten men came back. They gave an evil report, but Joshua and Caleb, specifically Caleb, stands up, and he says, no, we need to depend on God's word. God promised that he was going to give us this land. And young person, I want to encourage you, as you go through your college career, I want you to realize the important truths that are going to be taught to you in the classroom and from this chapel uh, session and from different services that you're going to be having. God's word is going to be presented to you in a number of different areas and at different occasions. You're going to be presented with a lot of scripture, and the tendency is that you're going to let the Bible become more academic to you than it is going to be something that needs to be actively involved in your life. I heard this when I was a student here, and perhaps you've heard this as well. One of the easiest places to backslide is at Bible college because the Bible becomes an academic book. It just becomes like other classes that we have. And so I want to caution you. Don't let the Bible become just academic. Let the truths that you, that you learn from God's Word, from the chapels, from the, from the classroom, from your dorm devos, from your room devos, let those opportunities be things that you are learning from God's Word. Why? Because I'm telling you this, young person, you're going to have to face some mountains, and you're either going to rely on God's Word or you're going to choose to reject God's Word, and it's all going to be determined by how you approach the Scriptures. If the Scriptures become merely academic to you, And the scriptures are going to be something that you are just going to pull from every now and then. But if it becomes personal, it's an actual part of your life, it gets ingrained in who you are, then God will be able to give you the courage to take those truths and be able to claim them. And so their reliance was founded on God's word. Caleb was not confident in himself. Caleb was not confident in the army of Israel. Caleb's confidence was in the promise that was given to him, and it was founded on God's work. But I think, second of all, we have this reliance on God and his word. It's founded on God's word, but reliance, his reliance was focused on God's work. What does God want me to do? What is it that God has planned for us as this people who are getting ready to go in to this land? What is God's work? See, I think those 10 spies who gave the negative or the evil report They got their focus off of God's work, and they began to put it on their self-preservation. What's best for me? You know, if we go in and we fight these guys, I know God said that he's going to defeat them, he's going to destroy them, he's going to give us this land, but maybe something could happen to me. Maybe I could lose something that's valuable to me if I'm going to go in and I'm going to live in obedience to God's word. If I allow my life to rely and be founded on God's word, something could happen to me. And the focus that they had was on themselves rather than on God's work. Caleb's attention was focused on the work of God, and he wanted to go in. God is strong enough. God is able 
In fact, he says this in verse 30 of Numbers chapter 13. He says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now that seems like a cocky, arrogant statement by him saying we are able but not when you understand that his reliance and his dependence was on God's work, and he was merely wanting to stay faithful and focused on God's work. God said we can do this, and we are able through the power, through the work of God, through what God wants to accomplish in our lives, we are able. He stayed fixed and focused on God's work. You know, it becomes easy as you go through life, not just in college, but even later on in life, to allow your attention to begin to be fixed and focused on other things. There's all sorts of distractions that that we tend to worry about. In fact, Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Christ, as he gives the the prayer, the model prayer there, he, he mentions that in that model prayer we need to be praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Isn't it interesting that he comes back to that kingdom concept in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 where he says this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. I guarantee you, whether you are a ministerial student, whether you are in business, whether you are going into nursing, or whether you're going into some other field, you are going to be tempted with the choice as to whose kingdom are you going to pursue. Are you going to build your kingdom? Are you going to build your followers? Are you going to build your bank account? You're going to build your life the way that you want to, or are you going to seek ye first the kingdom of God? It's going to be revealed by what takes place in your priorities. You see, between the model prayer and before he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he begins to challenge them and what their concerns are, concerns for food and raiment. He says, you know, God provides food for birds. Don't you think God's going to take care, for you, care of you? God clothes the lilies and, and he says to the grass, he takes care of it. And he says, you know, one day all those things are going to perish. But realize this, you're so much more important than all of those. And yet we go through our lives and we have these cares and concerns that we begin to focus on. You know why? Because we take our focus off of God's work. And young person, I want to encourage you as you go through your academic classes this year, As you go through the different uh, stages of of activities and events this year, could I encourage you, stay fixed and focused on God's work. Stay fixed and focused on the purpose that God has for your life, because if you don't, you're going to lose it. You're going to take your eyes off of the kingdom of God, and you're beginning to look at yourself and how popular you can be. You're going to look at the prizes and awards that you can gain. You're going to begin to allow pride to creep into your life, and your focus is going to be very quickly turned away from claiming mountains for God's glory, and you're going to seek to merely accomplish things for your own glory. So Caleb, he was focused on God's work. Next, I want you to see this. He had a reliance. He was reliant because he was faithful to God's will. We don't have the time to read this, but perhaps later on you could take time to read this. But in verses 14, or excuse me, chapter 14, verses 1 through 45... There is this bantering that goes back and forth a little bit, but Caleb ultimately says this, you want to know something? I'm going to be faithful to God's will. The whole reason we went in and spied out that land was so that we can go in and conquer that land. And even as they're going through the wilderness for 40 years, when they come to the end of that 40-year period, you know what Caleb still has on his mind? I'm going to be faithful to God's will. God promised that he was going to give us this land, and he wants to conquer 
that land. His attention comes back to that in the passage that we read earlier in Joshua, chapter 14. And here he is as someone who says, you know, that focus that I had, that foundation, my dependence on God's word that I had, Joshua, it's still there today, and I'm going to be faithful to God's word. I just want to encourage you with something this morning. Young person, there are going to be times where you're going to go through your life here at college, and even after you get out of college, and you're going to, you're going to fail. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs. It says, a just man falleth seven times. There's the reality of the fall that we need to recognize, but it's the response to the fall that makes a big difference. That verse says, a just man falleth seven times, but he rises up again. The reason I bring this up at this portion in the message is because Caleb was not a a perfect man. And what I mean by that is he wasn't sinless. He wasn't someone who never sinned, who never did things that, that were wrong. But you want to know something? He stayed faithful to God's will. So I want to encourage you that when you stumble, when you fall, when you fail, I want to encourage you, get back up. 1 John 1, 9 is a verse that has grown near and dear to my heart because as I see myself at varying times and in different situations where, where I stumble and I fall, I have to come back to God and say, God, I've messed up again. And God, you've promised that if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And what God's expectation is of you, young person, is faithfulness. Stay faithful to God. Yes, you may fall, but get back up and seek to be faithful to God. Why? Because that's God's requirement. I share with young people, and perhaps if you've been in a chapel with me at different times at camps and things, I've shared this story with young people. I remember sitting at my desk when I was a youth pastor, and I had a young person come in. He had a stack of books in his hands, and he came into my desk, and he slammed his books down on my desk, and he says, I quit. That was kind of surprising. I was working on something. You know, he just came in. My door was open. He slammed those books down. And then he sits down in a chair across uh, from my desk, and he slouches down. And I was like, oh, boy, what's going on in this guy's life? And he looked at me, and he said, I quit. He was involved. He had, he had a job. He was involved in sports. He was involved in other correct, uh, extracurricular activities. I said, what are you quitting? He says, I quit this whole Christian life thing. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on? And he began to open up, and he began to share with me. He said, you want to know something? Your expectation of me is perfection. My parents expect me to be perfect. Everybody wants me to be perfect, and I just can't do it, so I quit. And I tell you, I had no response for him at that point in time. But about a week later, I asked that young man to come visit me in my office again, and as he did, I brought him in, and I said, you know, if I, pervade, or if I portrayed to you that my expectation of you was perfection, it was sinlessness, I apologize But can I share with you not what my expectation is, but what God's expectation is? And he sat there, and I began to take him to verses. And I began to share with him this simple truth that has been a help to me. It's been a help to him. And I've shared this with others. Young person, God's expectation of you is not perfection. It's faithfulness. As you read through the scriptures, we find this. As God, as Jesus Christ is giving the parable, he says this. He says, says, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not perfect servant, but he says faithful servant. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, he says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. As, as Paul addresses some of, the, some of the churches in his epistles, he identifies them as faithful. Now listen, that's not an excuse to go out and sin, but what I want you to realize is this, young person, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to have failures in your life, but don't let Satan use that as a reason for you to stay down and to be defeated. Get back up and serve God faithfully. 
be willing to claim mountains for God. The testimony of Caleb is this in chapter 14 and verse 24. This is God's testimony of Caleb. It is that he has followed me fully. He followed him fully. And young person, I hope that would be your testimony. That you have followed God fully because your life, your reliance is founded on God's word, focused on God's work, and it's faithful to God's will. I'm just going to tell you now, there are going to be some difficulties along the way. Can I share three of them with you? And then we'll close. First of all, in spite of foes. He followed God fully in spite of foes. There were giants in that land, and yet he was willing to go, and he was willing to conquer them. Even at age 85, he's willing to go in and conquer the land for God. He fully followed God, and he pursued God in spite of foes. I hope you understand you don't have foes here. Your teachers, staff that is here, they love you. They want what is best for you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to challenge you. They're going to stretch you. But I can tell you, when you step outside these walls, there are going to be those who are going to attack you. There are going to be those who are trying to defeat and to discourage you. And so I want to encourage you to realize that the foes are there, but be faithful and follow God fully in spite of foes. Now, there is the possibility that you might have some people that would be here who would try and discourage you. There might be some friends. I brought this up. Remember, the fellow spies tried to encourage, uh, discourage them from following after God. But if your faith is founded on God's word, you're focused on God's work, and you're faithful to God's will, young person, even though there may be some friends who are going to discourage you, be faithful to God. And then this last one, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow. They were faithful, or Caleb was faithful in spite of his fears. In spite of his fears. Perhaps there were some internal fears that Caleb had. He saw the giants. He saw the walls. He saw the land. But those fears did not control him. Caleb had the courage to live and to follow God fully because he trusted in God. Young person, if you're going to be someone who's going to claim mountains for God, You've got to be willing to be someone who's going to have an outstanding reliance on God's word. And Caleb, 85 years in his life, he looks back, and as he's having this conversation with his friend Joshua, he says, Joshua, I was there when I was young, still here when I'm old. Let's claim some mountains with that outstanding reliance on God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to look into your word this morning. And Father, I pray that you would help us as we have been exposed to the truths of your word to take them and to apply them to our lives. Lord, I don't question at all the fact that there may be some who are here in this room, perhaps some students who are listening online, that they have some mountains that they feel like they are facing right now. Those mountains may be looming large in their lives. But Father, I pray that they would be willing to get their focus on you. Help us to have that firm reliance on God's word. Perhaps some of the freshmen are feeling like this whole beginning of college thing is like a mountain. Lord, I pray that they would go to the truths that they know about you in your word and they would depend on those things, that their hope would be fixed on you, that their faith and the reliance would be founded on your word. And that as they go through uh, this day, as they go through upcoming weeks and months, that they would stay fixed on the work that you're wanting to do in their lives and preparing them for the ministry, for the life that you have for them in the future. And Father, I pray that you would help us to remain faithful to you. Help us to follow you fully. And Father, I pray that when we fall, 
claim the promised provision that's given to us in your word of cleansing and forgiveness and that we would seek to be faithful to you. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, you're here and uh, we're not going to have a come forward invitation at all, but you're sitting here this morning, you say, uh, Mr. Shank, Mr. Shorty, whatever you want to call me today, say, you know, as you were talking this morning about some mountains, I've got some mountains that I'm facing right now in my life. It could be concerning college. Maybe there's a family situation back home. Maybe there is some sort of physical situation that you're facing. Maybe there is a spiritual struggle that you are being faced with, and you say, I've got this mountain that I am facing right now, and I'm needing God's courage to face this mountain. I want to be a mountain claimer for God, and there is a definite mountain there that God is speaking and using in my life And I want to ask God this morning to give me the courage to claim that mountain for him. Would you be willing to slip up your hand this morning? There's a specific mountain that God brought to my attention in my mind this morning. And I want to pray and ask God to give you the courage that you'll face that mountain and conquer it for God. Good, you can put those hands down. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, again, for your word that gives us instruction for our lives. Lord, there are many hands that were raised, and I don't know what each of those hands represents, but you do. Lord, I thank you for the promise that you give to us in your word that we can rely on it because it gives us truth that is needed and that pertains to life and godliness. Lord, I pray that if there are students here who are discouraged, staff members, faculty, myself, that we would be willing to go to others, be reminded of truths from these words, and that we would allow our faith to be founded on your word. Lord, help us to stay focused on your work what you're wanting to accomplish in our lives so that you can receive the glory for it and so that we can be faithful to your will. Father, we love you. We thank you again for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. We ask for your blessing on the remainder of our day on the times that we'll have together in your word throughout this week. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.